All right. So, Avani, thank you so much for being here today. I'm so excited to chat with you. Thank you, Chelsea. I'm so pumped to be here, too. Thanks for having me. Yay. All right. So I gave your professional bio but in the intro, but go ahead and share it with my audience who you serve, how you serve them, and how you got here today. Yeah, I'd love to. So I am a UX consultant. I run an agency where we help people build digital products like apps and websites. And I'm also a business coach for freelancers. And I am committed to helping freelancers get more clients and use systems to scale to six figures. That's like super important to me. That's what I'm all about. If you go on my Instagram, my website, anywhere, that's what I'm all about. I also host the Six Figure Freelancer podcast where we have episodes on Mondays and Thursdays, new episodes. And I, yeah, I think that's, I think that's my, <laughs> my like, <laughs> this is what I'm all about. But I love what I'm doing. I love being able to add value to people who want to do something else in life. The whole thing that started me on the podcast and helping other people out is I want people to know that they can break out of their nine to five box and live a life that they want to live, live their dream life. That's out there for you. You literally have to just go out there and grab it. It's there waiting for you. So that's what I'm, that's why I'm super passionate about helping people become entrepreneurs through freelancing and a little bit about my background and how I came across this whole world. I, have a background in design. I studied design and I ended up getting a bunch of great jobs and internships as a user experience designer. So I did get to build apps and websites, design apps and websites for really cool companies around around the country, really. And those were amazing experiences. But there was a point where I realized that I wasn't learning or growing anymore. And if you're in a job right now and you're listening to this and if you feel like you are stagnant in either what you're doing, the interesting projects that you're working on, or your your growth professionally in your career, I would ask yourself, you know, am I still in the right place? And I asked myself that question. I wasn't growing my skill set anymore. I wasn't feeling like I had that spark in my eyes anymore. And so I was like, okay, something needs to change. And that's when I made the decision to go into freelancing because it was the best way for me to go out on my own, be in control of my time, and be an entrepreneur of some sort. So I did that. It's been almost two years since I've done that and we I've been freelancing since grown the practice a lot added team members and working on getting my first full-time person aside from me on the team soon which is crazy and awesome at the same time and um, through, through the whole course of all of this I've learned so much about you know systems and being able to use technology to drive my business which I know Chelsea you are all about and being productive and working less getting more done but in addition to that I also I also love that I've gotten to learn about negotiation about pricing about how to run a business about sales and all of those things are what I've distilled into things like my course that I just recently launched and my podcast. So that's kind of bringing it all full circle for you. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. And we actually met and geeked out over automations and systems and all the things that we both love and really like want to bring to you guys and make sure that you guys have the tools and all of that whole toolkit around you to be successful because you need all the things. Absolutely. And it's not just about like the systems, but a lot of it comes down to having really awesome systems. Uh, 100%. I 
always say it's it's 2019 why are we running our businesses like it's 1999 why yes. <laughs> it's so true like i yeah it's just so true and <laughs> the thing is in the last couple of years so many amazing tools have come out and the way that you run your business has changed dramatically. Like whether you're a brick and mortar or you're an online business, it has changed dramatically. In 1999, online businesses didn't really exist. They were like angel fire sites. And <laughs> I think Etsy, I mean not Etsy, um, eBay was around, but, yeah, but it not really, like it was still sketchy. It hideous. Probably looks more like Craigslist or something. <laughs> oh no, it was worse. It was horrible. <laughs> It was awful. Um, I do remember trying to buy some, this is going to be a little embarrassing, but some NSYNC memorabilia on eBay in the 90s. Good times. Yeah. And um, yeah, I remember my dad being like, are you sure we should buy from this website? And I was like, I don't know, but I really want this thing. Oh. Yeah. So anywho, yeah. Business has changed a lot, especially online businesses because you know, they didn't really exist back then. Um, and so obviously we need to take our businesses into 2019 and not let them hang out back there in the last century. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you haven't done that yet, it's now, now is your time. Like, exactly. Now is the next best time to do it. And if I just need you to like stop everything you're doing and set up your systems, project management systems, everything, because you're going to fall behind. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Okay. So you have started your whole business as a freelancer mm -hmm. and you've now started coaching people on it. But if you were talking to someone who was thinking about getting into freelancing, what would be the first thing that you should tell them that they should do? Well, I think they have to look at their existing skill sets first. So what do they do really well at their job? What do they consider to be their zone of genius? What are they the go-to person for? What, and if, even if you don't, you don't always have to have a job before you become a freelancer. I think some people can graduate college and become freelancers and they have. But even if you're at a loss for what am I good at, you should ask the people around you, like, what are my strengths? What am I good at? Am I good at taking big, hazy clouds of information and bringing them down into manageable chunks? You know, am I good at seeing the big picture or am I good at analyzing data or numbers or am I good at mm, making artwork like graphic design work what am I good at so I think asking yourself those questions and listing all of those things down um, and then crossing off the things that don't light you up um, or that don't make money <laughs> and then you you're going to be left with another another list, like a subset of that list. And that's kind of where you begin. And once you have whatever those items are, it could be like, I'm really good at staying organized or I'm really good at designing screens. Like in my case, I'm really good at designing apps. I'm really good at writing copy. I like to write. Maybe you should be a copywriter. Who knows? Like you like being creative and you like writing. Copywriting is a really good um, place to be a freelancer. Um, so there's like all these different things that you need to look inwards first. And then I think after you do that and you go through that whole analysis process of crossing things out you don't like, that don't light you up, and crossing things off that don't make money, you might need to do some research on that second part to look in the world like online space or even in the industry and see what are people paying for. Um, it's really good to do also a search online of like the top paying freelance jobs 
because I think there are a lot of industries that really, really need freelancers. I, I don't know why copywriting's on my mind, but it's really hard to find a good copywriter. <laughs> I'm not even a copywriter. I don't really know why that's <laughs> on my mind, but it's really hard to put, find a good copywriter. So that's an industry that's hot and that people need help with. Um, so I think being selective and even more so, you can niche down. Um, and niching down is so, so important. I think I could do a whole episode on that. But you can niche down even more and choose what is the area. So I could be a copywriter, but which industry, like larger industry, am I going to be a copywriter in? Am I going to be a copywriter for health and wellness companies? Am I going to be a copywriter for online influencers who have digital products? Am I going to be a copywriter for consumer-facing technology companies that have apps? Or am I going to be a copywriter for cryptocurrency companies? Those are all very, very different. They require like a very, very specific um, set of skills and deep understanding of that niche. So you need to like go to that niche and understand, you know, select a niche that like, you think is fun, first of all, but then understand how can you fit your skill sets and specialize even more so in that area. And I want to talk about niching down for a second because the reason I think it's so important that I think you should do it early on in the process, you can always change your niche, to be honest, like if you want to, but you shouldn't be like niche hopping from one niche to another. I think you should pick one that is smart, that you feel like there's a need in, and become an expert, dive deep into that. Because what's cool is when you specialize, and when you, when you narrow down what you're doing, like let's say I'm a copywriter for cryptocurrency companies, for example, there are very few people, I just made myself super rare. There are very, very few people that have my copywriting experience or that know anything about cryptocurrencies and have written copy for cryptocurrency white papers or websites or whatever. So I made myself super rare. And that means the supply of people like me just went down, right? Because I'm a cryptocurrency copywriter. When the supply for something goes down, it's an inverse graph. If you've ever seen the supply and demand, um, the demand goes up, which means my price can go up too. Like there's more, there's more demand for me because there's fewer people like me. That makes sense. And that means my prices can go up, <laughs> which is the best part of it all. And that is why niching down is so important. And the cool thing is when you have this narrow niche, you're so good at it that each project you do in that specific area, you're learning more context to be even better for the next project. So you're just getting better and better and better. And it's compound effect in that space. And that's why niching down, I think, is so valuable. Um, so those are the things I do to get started. I know it's long-winded, but um, looking at what you're good at, narrowing that down to see what does the what does the world need from you right now, and what lights you up, and then figuring out what industries you can become specialized in, and that's a really good way to get started and jump into freelancing. Oh, I love that so much. And the other thing about niching down is that you are able to talk to a specific person. If you're just like, I'm a copywriter for anyone. That's so many people to talk to. And you, when you talk to everyone, you end up talking to no one. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I just, yeah, I definitely think that niching down and niching out early is really good. Cause like you said, you can shift, you can pivot. Like that's totally fine, but like go for it and stand out. Yeah. Yeah. There's never going to be, I mean, I don't even know if copywriter for cryptocurrency exists, but, um, if I'm you're out there and that sounds interesting to you, maybe yeah. you should do it. <laughs> I mean, maybe there's five of them. <laughs> yeah. But you can see that once you dive in, you're just going to become so much more valuable. And like you said, you can always pivot. We're always pivoting anyway. Mm -hmm. um, but don't be afraid to say that I'm 
I am here offering service for you. You who runs a busy crypto app that you, you know, have to travel a lot and you have so much going on in your world. And the last thing you want to think about is writing. Like that's how you should be talking to that person. And you can like literally imagine whoever that person is in your head. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love it so much. So, so much. Okay. So let's say that you've decided all of that. You figured out what you want to do, who you want to serve, how you're going to make yourself rare. What's the next step? So then what you need to do is start having conversations with people in your space. Um, copy conversations, phone calls. You need to start priming your network if hopefully you've been doing that until now. If you haven't, now is the next best time to start. And you just need to be someone who is who is top of mind in your industry, in your niche. So literally the world should know that you are the go-to person for copywriting and cryptocurrency. You should be attending in crypto. There are a lot of like um, events and stuff and those are really important. So you should be attending those. There are lots of them. You should be in their telegram chats because that's where they're hanging out online. Where are your, where's your ideal client hanging out online? Are you in those places? Are you in their Facebook groups? Are you on their, their Instagram? If they're on Instagram, um, my ideal client, if I was in the cryptocurrency industry, is not on Instagram. They're on Twitter 24-7 and Telegram, which is like a messaging app. Um, so I'm going to be in those places all the time, and I'm going to be checking in. And I always have a goal to reach out to a minimum number of people every day so that I know I'm continually connecting to people in my space and growing my network every single day. Not everyone's going to turn into a client, but the, what you're doing when you're doing this is you're growing your network you are telling the world what you're doing and you're remaining top of mind because if you remain top of mind and everyone knows like you're the go-to person for copywriting in crypto and blockchain space next time someone wants to build a landing page or next time someone wants to write a white paper or they're in this industry white paper is like a little downloadable pdf they give out mm-hmm. next time they want to do that they're going to think about you they're going to be like oh my god i know someone who does exactly that let me make an intro you need to be on top of mind. And by, in order to be on top of mind, you're going to be continuously networking in your space, in your niche, and reaching out to the people who are, who are your potential client, who own companies that you want to work with, who are really well-connected in the space. Um, and that's where I would begin. That's, that's literally where I began, actually, when I started my freelance business. I literally told everyone, guys, I'm becoming a freelancer. This is what I want to specialize in. Tell me your advice. Um, who should I talk to in this space? Who needs my help? You literally become obsessed with talking to people, meeting people in person for coffee, and having phone conversations. And that is the way it begins. That's the way I began in freelancing, at least. <laughs> and it's worked. Yeah, and and I, that's what I teach in my course, too. Exactly. And I think it works for anyone, whether you're a freelancer or not. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to make people aware that you're here. Let them know what you do, who you serve, how you can help them. and in the end, like that, if no one knows where you are or that you exist, no one can hire you. Absolutely. Period. <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. You need to not be shy about what you're offering. And to go in hand in hand with that, I think another great way to tell the world what you're doing is start to establish yourself as a thought leader in your space. What does that mean? That means that how are you going to be the go-to person for copywriting in the crypto space and if someone goes to you, they're going to know immediately that you're a thought leader, that you're an expert. Well, the best way to do that is to create some type of content. 
And if you're a writer, you're probably going to write a blog or something or write, I don't know what you're going to write, but you're going to write something, right? You have a blog where you share your ideas. Like I started my blog three years ago, I think. And I started writing about user experience design and user research and like design and technology. My blog has changed completely since then. But that's what I started writing because I wanted to establish myself as a thought leader. I wasn't even thinking about freelancing at that time, really. But that's what I started with. And, you know, if you're someone who, you know, if you like to talk, you can start a podcast in your area, in your specific niche. You can start a Instagram profile and share little tidbits every day or share on your stories. You can tweet about things. I don't know. Um, what else do people do? YouTube? That's another great place That's to share content. <laughs> yeah, go on YouTube and make five-minute videos of... I don't know how, I don't even know what you'd make videos of. I would make a video, I, I would make videos of like, what do I do to run my business and how do I manage my team and what are my, how do I manage difficulties with clients? Like I'd probably take my podcast content and repurpose it for my video or something like that. But sharing what you're learning and what you're learning in your industry is to establish yourself as a thought leader. Literally everyone in your niche should feel like you are all over the place. <laughs> Absolutely. They should be like, oh my god, this person has a podcast, and I saw them on Twitter, and they talked about X, Y, and Z, and that's a really, really good way to for you to start getting people to look at you as a thought leader in the space. And another thing before I wrap up on this point is you can do something called a world tour. So that's where you you decide you're going to go show up in front of X people's audiences. And that could be I show up in, on someone's podcast or I go live with them on Instagram or go live with them in their Facebook group. And I'm, a, I'm talking about like the three things you need to know about copywriting or the, the three things you're doing wrong as a copywriter. And you talk about those three things in their Facebook group, on their podcast, or you maybe do a guest post. If you're a writer, you should write. You should do a guest post on their blog and be like, these are the five things you're missing out when you're writing copy for your landing pages. I don't know. And you show up in front of other people's audiences because then they realize you're an expert and they're going to come find you. And that's how you can grow your audience and grow your exposure and your network as well. Absolutely. Content, content, content. <laughs> yes. I think really getting in front of other people's audiences is one of the best ways to grow your audience quickly and organically because, and, but you have to be picky. Like you can't just go in front of anyone. Make sure your audiences overlap and like who you want to talk to is also who they're talking to. Absolutely. You have to be bringing value to them. Otherwise they're not going to want to share your info or whatever with their audience like they worked really hard to build up their audience why would they just put anyone on in the like hot seat to talk you know exactly exactly yeah and if you're interested in that go listen to the episode with monica woodhams um on how to pitch and she has some great information for you guys on actually how to go about asking other people to be um, in front of their audience whether it's on a podcast which is specifically what she's talking about there but those things translate to writing a guest post on a blog or coming on their Instagram live and being in the hot seat for them. Same ideas. Yeah. I like that. I should go check that out. <laughs> yeah. It's a really good episode. Nice. She, she's really good at it. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So let's assume you have your freelance business. You're rocking it. 
but it's time to start adding some automations. What are your favorite automations to add into your business? That's a great question. So, okay, there are some, there are so many that I use. I'm going to see if I can think of some of them off the top of my head. Um, I literally automate. I couldn't run my business without automations. Yeah. And you guys that have been listening for a while, you know this, but yeah, it's so hard to pick. You're probably way more automated than I am. <laughs> um, but one thing you need to have a scheduling system. If you don't, please, please just this do right it. now and just do it right now. I'm telling you, why are you being your own secretary? I don't understand. Don't do, if you're sending back and forth emails, like, are you free on Wednesday or Thursday? Are you free at 3 p.m.? No, I'm free at 4 p.m. Oh, I can't do 4 p.m. What about Wednesday? No, stop it right now. Go set up a Calendly, Acuity. I think those are the two main ones. I don't really know. There's some other ones. but If you're using Dubsado, they just launched their scheduler inside Dubsado. Go use it. Go use that. Um, yes, please go use that if you don't have one, but you have Dubsado. I use Calendly. I think you use Acuity. I use Acuity. Yeah. yeah. So take, grab one of those, set it up right now. Um, and I'll have the links for all those for you guys in the show notes too. So it's super fast. Just hit pause. Look at the show notes. Click on that link. Create your account. <laughs> yes. And it's so important. Um, what all you have to do is you have, you set up your events, you're set up like when you want them to be scheduled. And then you have these links that you can send out to people who want to schedule an event. Um, and I like to pair that up with a auto expander, auto text expander in my email. Now I don't even remember what it's called. Actually, I should maybe try to see. I don't remember what it's called. I don't, you might know. So I, I get to, I type in like a slash and then I type in like a keyword and then it like, if I type in slash podcast, it'll like finish my sentence and it'll expand my keyword into like, here is the link to record, get recorded on my podcast and then paste the link in for me. So I don't even need to remember the link. Mm-hmm. I, don't know I use canned responses inside Gmail for that. Okay. Um, that way they're all saved just cause that's, yeah. already included in Gmail and I don't have to program it. I think the one that I use right now is auto text expander for Gmail. I can't find it at the moment, but auto text expander for Gmail is a Chrome plugin. You, you download it and then you can write little shortcuts for yourself. So like podcast slash podcast could be expand to that link. Like here is the recording for my podcast and then paste the link in. So I don't have to remember them or slash biz dev so that I don't have to type in the link to, for them to schedule a sales call. So that's what I really like about um, auto text expander used with Calendly. And in addition to that, one of the cool things you can do is set your Calendly. I use Calendly, but I think you can do this with Acuity is like set, you have certain events and then you can schedule certain time slots that people are allowed to book those events in certain days. So then you can start theming your days really easily without having to think about it. So I only do BizDev on Thursdays. I only do client calls on Monday, Tuesdays and um, Thursdays. I do not have any meetings on Wednesdays and I only record for my podcast on Friday. That's kind of how my week's set up. And that's how each calendar link I have is set up to reflect. So I love that. You don't have to think twice about it. You set it up and it's plug and play. You're good to go. Yes. The other thing that I love about, um, scheduling apps is you can set limits on how many appointments you want to take of that mm. type. Um, and one reason that I picked Acuity is because you can set that for multiple events. So like I have all of my calls, I only want to schedule three calls in a day. And so it won't, after three people book, no one else can book on that day. Nice. It's amazing. I like that a lot. That's awesome. Yeah, It's so get, handy. You don't get like overwhelmed with your meetings. Exactly. Exactly. Same thing. So for my podcast, I only 
usually do two recordings in a week, whether it's for my podcast or for me being a guest on someone else's podcast. Yeah. So it's, it's so handy. I like that a lot. And then it keeps my boundaries in place without me having to be the bad guy. Yeah. Use a tool to do that instead of you exactly. to do that. And another thing, just while we're on this topic, I also use something called Sales Handy. I think, Chelsea, you use canned responses for Gmail. Um, these are really easy tools for you to have responses for, like, when you get a new client in and you don't want to be like, hey, nice to meet you. Let's talk on this at this time at this link or whatever. You don't want to write that again and again. Just have this plugin installed or have your canned responses set up where you can just quickly add them into the email and hit send. You like type in their name and hit send. So- Absolutely. You should 100% have some templates mm-hmm. for those common emails that you send out because you send those emails out to everyone. Yeah. Like, everyone. Just write them once. All the time. I actually have a canned response that I just made yesterday for email introductions. Like if someone's going to introduce me to someone, I, I like realized I was doing is responses and copying pasting. I was like, okay, p- put that in the template. That's yes. enough is enough. <laughs> yes. So if you're using a CRM, most of them also have mm-hmm. um, some sort of canned email feature as well. But if you're not and you're just using Gmail, definitely look into the canned responses or into sales handy. Yeah. It's a plug in. Uh, not a plugin, but it's like a an extension that you can install into Gmail. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a few different ones. I also like that I can see when they open their email, which yes. is fun to know that people, you know, what do they open? What did they click on? What did they not click on? So it's really good to know. All right. So that is all about scheduling and calendars. We talked a little bit about emails. And the next thing that I want to talk about in regards to Automation is, I want to talk about Asana a little bit. I know that probably you've talked a lot about Asana on here, Chelsea, but quickly I wanted to touch. Yeah, it's really amazing. Um, You need to have a system in a project management system set up for your business, especially if you're a freelancer because you're having a zillion things going on at once. Um, But you also have things that are recurring. And I want you to take advantage of those recurring task features in Asana. You can set any task to be a recurring task and you can choose the interval that you want it to be recurring. I never want to think about me and when I have to do quarterly planning. I never want to think about when I'm going to have to invoice my clients. Um, if you have Dubsado, you can actually have that automated in there, um, which I actually don't do. I'm still getting more and more efficient in Dubsado, but I use Asana to remind me of that. Or if I have daily activities, like I have to reach out to a certain number of people a day, or I have to read every day, or I have to listen to some podcasts every day, those are recurring daily activities. Or I have to post on Instagram. Um, so those are some things like recurring tasks can really, really help you out. And what else do I, I have? Like- I also love to put on there my yearly things. So like renewing my business license or yeah. remembering to pay. So I'm on the annual plan for sales tax. So remembering to pay my sales tax from last year um, or even like quarterly financials, pulling those reports so that I can send them over to the accountant or whatever. Yeah. All of that. All those boring things that you don't want to do put in there or like, Going to check your own personal bank account. Like, make sure your bills got paid. Yeah, that's so true. All of those things are in Asana. And so you don't forget that. There's like the mundane tasks that you don't want to think about that you always forget. Or even like reorder my contact lenses. Have a personal board and throw that on there. Or schedule my hair appointment. I don't know. Like, you can automate this so you don't have to think twice about it. You don't have to wonder like, hey, did I do that? When was the last time I did that? 
put those and you like take advantage of recurring tasks. It will change your world. It's That's, amazing. Yes, it is pretty amazing. So that was one thing. And then let's see, what are the other things? So I, I highly recommend Dubsado, but I am like the wrong person to talk about that as an expert because I only know that there are really cool workflows in there and I have like a few set up, but I don't use They're it. They're so fun, guys. Yeah. So They're so fun. Chelsea's fact, your girl on that. <laughs> I'm probably going to have a workshop coming up specifically on building workflows inside Dubsado. Mm -hmm. So keep an eye out for that. Well, let me know about that. I'd love to join. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's amazing. So that that's regarding... Um, we talked about emails. We talked about scheduling and product project management. So mm -hmm. the next thing I want to talk about, which I don't know if it's really an automation, but it's more, I think it's like more like management, but a system. And that's actually going back to emails. So if you don't have an email management system, that's really bad because emails can take over your life if you let them. And not every email is created equally. There are some emails that are really important for you and some that you don't even need to open. So I want you to prioritize your inbox in that way. The best way that I know how to do it is to schedule your in Gmail inbox so that, or organize it so that your unread show on top so you always know what needs attention. And then create filters with labels. And you choose a certain label that's your first top priority task. For me, my top priority task is sales and business development because I need to get new clients in. That is my bottom line. My bottom line is not, um, hey, someone choose, like, completed a task in Asana. That's not my bottom line. I don't even want to see those in my inbox. I would want to filter those out. So you can use the filtering system in Gmail to filter things away from your inbox so that they don't ever hit your eyes. Um, things like little notifications or marketing emails. Um, try to unsubscribe to them, but if you don't have the patience to do that, just check it off and say filter messages like these and say mark is unread and it will never hit your unread section. So that's kind of how I do it. Um, I filter things by clients. Each client has a different color and a different folder. So I do not have to wonder where is this one client's emails all gone, you know? So I never have to think about that. I can go to one place, click on one thing, and they're all there. That's so, so key. And on top of all this, I'm going through this really, really fast. Like there's so much to email management. But on top of all of that, you should be in your inbox twice a day. No more than that twice a day for a max of 30 minutes a day. Go in in the morning, 9 to 11, pick a time frame in there, and go in in the afternoon, like 2 to 5 or 2 to 4, pick a time frame in there. After that, close your inbox because it's a time sucker. It's not where your high-priority tasks are. And honestly, you can prioritize your inbox in a way that you will only have to like read and respond to one label at most, like or maybe two. Maybe your labels are sales and clients. Those are the things you care about the most, and everything else is not priority, or it's lower priority, and you can check once a day, not twice a day. So that is my advice on emails and having a system to how for how to manage emails and making sure that it doesn't take over your life. Absolutely. The only other thing that I would add to that is go ahead and turn on the tabs feature so that Gmail will help you filter out some of those automatically. Um, and usually the people that you have, like they're actual humans that you're talking to, will end up in your the main inbox. Mm. Um, super, super helpful. And I love using the filters to tell it where I want certain emails to go. So yeah. like for my business coach, they always go, I use the forums tab because or the social tab, the forums tab, um, but whichever one's on the end. 
mm-hmm. um, because I don't have any email list that I'm on. So like that one is reserved just for nice. like my coaching stuff or my mastermind or whatever. That's awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. And then like receipts, they automatically go in the updates. So that makes it super easy to process through receipts. Yeah. And it's all in one place. You don't have to like look at it while you're thinking about your day to day, like client work or anything like that. Absolutely. And I usually have all of my marketing stuff. So if I sign up for an email list to get a freebie or whatever, I'll go ahead and set a filter and set it to skip my inbox. Mm -hmm. And then um, if I don't end up going and clicking on anything else, I'll unsubscribe. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great idea. Yeah, if it's not enough to pull me away from the inbox, then I should probably get off their list. Yep, absolutely. I love that. Yeah, email can take over your world. Close your inbox. Yeah. Like, don't let your inbox run your life, really. No, no. I actually just, I was talking to, um, so this episode is airing in March, but in February, I mean, this is airing in February. In January, (laughs) I had a challenge all about, like, resetting 2019, and one of the things we talked about was, making sure that only tasks that you absolutely need to pay attention to make it on your plate. And one of those is email. Like we are in our email so often and we don't need to be. It is okay to wait to respond to client emails until you're ready to respond or wait until a client day to respond to client things. You don't have to respond to them 24-7. Yeah, 100%. Like it's they also you're training them if you're training them that you're in your inbox 24 7 they're going to expect that so exactly just just a bad idea I think exactly exactly (laughs) oh I love this so much yeah I think I covered mostly what I wanted to cover and just double checking um these are like the main things that have really changed the way I work um yeah those are the main things I use I use a bunch of other tools too um and I use some integrations for like when I'm running ads and things like that for signups and stuff. But I think these are the things that are around freelancing that are really relating to what we're talking about here. Absolutely. And if you guys haven't started working with automations, I highly suggest that you look into them. Most apps have some automation tools built into them. And if they don't, you can go look at Zapier. Zapier has a ton of automations. Like, yeah. If it's not inside the app, there's probably a zap that will do it for you. Absolutely. I've used that. I need to make a little jingle about that. (laughs) You should. One of the cool things, like, there's so many things you can do. Like, if someone fills out a form, then this this email goes out. Or if someone pays pays you and finishes a contract, I think Dubsado can do this too, though. Then you ask them for their address so you can send them a thank you gift or something. So Dubsado does this. I I know it does. Exactly. All these little things. Like, imagine your perfect world about how you want your client workflows to look and work. There is a way you can build it with technology. Without coding, like, just putting things together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always like to say that if you don't have to personalize the message at all, that is the perfect candidate for an automation. Mm-hmm. So anything that you are doing that doesn't have, you aren't having to come in and customize for that particular client, go ahead and automate that step. So if it's moving data around, if it is um, sending out a canned email that everyone gets the same email, like, yeah, you can add their name in there, but like automations will do that too. You don't have to type that in. There's usually a line of code that you can add on there. And if you're in Dubsado, use the smart fields. They're amazing. I love it. Yeah. 100%. Oh my goodness. Okay. So let's talk about getting clients. What are some steps 
and some really awesome things to help you make sure that you are getting clients. I know you filled us in at the beginning Mm -hmm. on that awareness piece, but let's talk about like the actual, like getting them to sign up and book with you. Yeah. So there's a lot of things you can do here. One of the things I recommend the most is to find a way to give value to someone ahead of time. So I'm not saying do like work for them because I don't think you should do work for free, but I think you should find a way to demonstrate your value before you actually like before you even honestly have the pricing conversation. So this could be, this could be take many forms. You have to figure out what it is for your business. How can you show your expertise, add value to them? So even if they don't work with you, they walk away feeling like, Oh my God, this person's so smart. Like maybe I'm making a mistake. You know, you want them to feel like they need to work with you in order to succeed that, their business needs you. They're going to make an investment in you and your services in your business. And that is the thing they need in order to succeed in their business. So that's what I mean. You have to think about how can you demonstrate that value to them ahead of time? Are there reports you can give them? Are there stats you can give them? Are there reviews you can do for them? Like there's all these different things you do and just, it's very industry specific. So I don't want to go into that too much. Um, and also I covered that in my course, so I don't want to give away a little, you know, too much here, but find a way you can add massive value to them even before you're going to work with them. And in order to close clients, you want them to know you like you and trust you like sales, anything. So they will want to, you're going to want to feel like you're talking their language. You know, if they're this 23 year old, you're probably going to talk to them differently than you're talking to a 53 year old who's run multiple businesses, right? Yes. So so create a shared language and speak their language. You want to also look beyond, beyond the sale. You want to look at not that you know, what, what are the things that you need in place to get them to sign the contract? You want to look at what is their big picture? What is their vision? And that helps you be in alignment with what they're thinking about because they're, they have these problems that are keeping them up at night. There are things that are really stressing them out and you want to be able to understand those pieces so that when you're talking, you are, you are really hitting home the things that worry them. And when they feel like you know what those are, they're going to feel like, oh my gosh, this person knows what I need, what I'm looking for. Working with them is going to be easy. It's going to be a piece of cake. I should sign with them right now. Um, So looking beyond the sale. And then, so creating a shared language, looking beyond the sale. The last thing is always use the word we instead of you. You want them to feel like you're already on their team. And it's a very small language change, like any discovery calls or anything, be like, oh, yeah, we could do this or we could do that. This is how we would do it. So you want to make them feel like you're on their team, that you're there to support them. You are in their corner no matter what, because that's when they're going to like you and trust you. And then after that, it's gravy. They're going to want to be they're going to be like, here, take my money. You know, they're going to be clamoring to work with you. They're going to be lining up out the door. You need to master those things and helping them feel like they know who you are, they like you, they see your value and they trust you, then everything else is going to be easy. Oh my gosh. I love that simple change just from you to we, because you're right. It does make them feel like you're on their team. Like you're in this with them, that they're not going to be alone. You're going to walk them through the whole process. And at the end of the day, handing over money, especially for a lot of our clients is scary. Mm -hmm. Like they're new. They don't have a ton of money to begin with. And so like giving you that money is scary to them. So anything you can do to kind of um, ease those fears is going to be so important and so impactful. Most definitely.
Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love these tips so much. And you actually have more tips for us in the freebie, right? Yes, I do. I have a freebie called the Client Magnet Roadmap. These are the things you need to have in place to get that flow of clients, that steady flow of clients that you have always dreamt of, that you always wished you had. So this is the framework. This is a five-step framework that I'm using in my business, and I want to give it to you for free and give you the frame, the foundations to building the freelance business or the service-based business of your dreams. So you can grab that at my website, avanimariella.com slash free. That's A-V-A-N-I-M-I-R-I-Y-A-L-A.com slash free. You can grab it there. It's free download and get it and let me know what you think. <laughs> yeah, and I'll have that link again for you guys in the show notes so you can just click on that and go straight to Ebony's site to download that. Awesome. Oh my gosh. Well, Ebony, this has been amazing. I have one more question for you though. And I ask all my clients or all my guests this because at the end of the day, I want to make sure that everyone has the tools to burn out proof their business. So if you have a friend that is on the edge of burnout or a business friend who's on the edge of burnout, what are you going to tell them? What's the best advice that you would give them? Walk away from your business for a day. <laughs> I mean, I am terrible at taking my own advice, I'll be honest, but that's what I would recommend. Like, go for a walk, get out of your space, um, go take a day off. Nothing's urgent, nothing's life or death. You, I mean, for you, this is life and death. Like, I think burnout, burnout can really ruin your body. And so you need to walk away for a little bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. And even if it's like 10 minutes, just get away for a while. But if you're really feeling burned out, I definitely think a day, a week, even a month is okay to just like take that step back, let yourself recharge and reconnect with, okay, why am I here? What is the point of this? All, all the things that I'm doing, are they really worth it? <laughs> like, yeah. Or do I need to like restructure some things so that I can actually fulfill that purpose? Yeah, burnout is usually a result of you losing sight of your vision, like you using, losing the big picture. So that's why stepping away helps a lot. Absolutely, absolutely. You need to step back so you can get more perspective. Absolutely. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I love it. All right. Well, Ebony, tell us where we can connect with you after the podcast. Yes, come find me on Instagram. I'm always there at Avani Mariella and come say hi. I would love to hear from you. I'd love to talk with you guys on there and I'm always sharing tips, ideas, things that I'm working on, my day, you know, advice. Our stories are fun to watch, guys. <laughs> I t share advice with you and I ask you for advice. So let's <laughs> hang out there. Excellent. All right. I will have that linked for you guys in the show notes so you can go find her. Um, so thank you so much for being here. This was amazing. And I cannot wait to continue the conversation. Thank you so much for having me, Chelsea. This has been a blast. All right. So that episode was so amazing. And Evany shared so many tips and tricks with us on how to make our businesses more efficient. Whether you're running a freelance business or a service-based business, these tips apply to you. And so your permission slip today is just to go ahead and pick one of those things and add that to your routine. So pick one efficiency and add it. Whether you are getting in a sauna and adding more recurring tasks for some of those habits that you are building, or you are looking at creating your scheduling system and getting started with Calendly Acuity or the scheduler inside um, an app like Dubsado, I want you to take that time to go ahead and add that. Um, a couple of the other ones that we shared today 
are setting up your email filters and getting a little bit more efficient with your email, setting up canned responses, um, and making sure that you have those emails that you send out on a regular basis scripted out and you don't have to type them manually every single time. Again, pick one area that you want to add a little bit of efficiency to, and I want to challenge you to give yourself permission to do that today. All right, they don't take long. It takes maybe 30 minutes to set up the first time, and then they're done. And I really want you to give yourself permission to do that today. All right, thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. I hope that you loved it. And if you did, head on over to um, your favorite podcast app and click subscribe so you continue to get all the new episodes every single time I release one without missing a single moment. And I would love it if you would head on over to Instagram and go ahead and follow me. Send me a DM. Let me know what you're thinking, how you're enjoying the podcast. If you have any suggestions for upcoming topics, let me know that too. Basically, I just want to talk to you and get to know you better. Um, So definitely look me up on Instagram and give me a shout out. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening and have a wonderful day.